And speaking of character, I want to get into this uh, uh, this statement that Stephen Smith is saying about the state of America. And I like Stephen A. Smith. I think he's a great sportscaster. The man has so much knowledge in his head about the games. And he's always pretty spot on. And I also think he speaks for a lot of people, perhaps not the entirety of the African-American community. But I think he speaks for a lot of common sense people who may not be so political, but they definitely have an opinion about how things are, are going in their streets. Let's take a listen. Stephen A. Smith yesterday talking about immigration in America. What it came down to for me is this. I see homeless folks in the streets of New York all the time that are American citizens. I damn sure see him in California. We've got poor, impoverished, starving people who were born and raised in this nation. How in the hell do we come up with a $53 million pilot pro program for illegals, but folks who are here legally are born here, we don't have enough for them. Just like we could come up with billions for Ukraine. But somehow, some way, we can't fix the homeless problem. I'm down for helping Israel. I'm down for helping address the situations with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, okay? I'm down for helping the Ukrainians and fighting off Russia. What about poor and desolate citizens here? How the hell do you print money for foreign countries, but you don't print that money to help eradicate folks that are starving right here in the streets of America who were born and raised here? And how come we don't see the press saying this to uh, KJP every day? I would love to get Stephen A. Smith. I'd like to see it on video of him saying that exact same thing to the border czar Kamala Harris herself. And let's see what she said. She'd probably come up with some word salad and how it's all about climate change or it's all about racism. Speaking of which, we've got a great clip here. This is Coleman Hughes. Coleman Hughes is a conservative, and he makes a very astute observation about the rise of racism in the United States. Take a listen to this. For 2013, you can just look at polling data from Gallup and Pew. The majority of Americans, black, white, and Hispanic, believed race relations were good as late as 2013. And that's the year everything takes a nosedive, so that by 2021, half as many people thought we were in a good place as thought that in 2013. So the question is, is what happened? Did racism suddenly spike? Well, no, the, the data is pretty clear on that. Racism didn't spike. What happened is that we all got smartphones and social media and started seeing unrepresentative video clips of <laughs> cops uh, you know, harassing or beating or killing black Americans. And this gave people the misperception that racism was suddenly this widespread problem. And it touched off all of these trends that we've now heard about for the past eight years under various names, wokeness, CRT, DEI. It's all, it's all fundamentally from that core change in how information has been shared. And it started with Obama in office, and I'll tell you when it really got kicked off. It was when Obama stood in front of the American people and made the claim that Trayvon Martin could have been his son. That was part one. Part two was hands up, don't shoot, which turned out to be a lie. He was attacking a police officer. But the only story we heard was that his hands were up by a witness who was standing 100 yards away and thought she heard he said, hands up, don't shoot. And then, of course, the Minneapolis situation where you had the little girl on the side of the street videotaping for 13 minutes. Uh, little did we know that he was high on cocaine. He probably had COVID. God knows, maybe even had a shot. But the, the correct assessment 
from the coroner's office was that he died of a drug overdose. He had a heart attack. Now, it didn't look good to have a cop's knee on his head for 13, 14 minutes, but that's what everybody saw. What they didn't see or what they didn't know was that George Floyd, who was now a hero, and his face is on murals all over the world as he represents the plight of the oppressed black man in America, he actually was convicted and served five years in a Texas state prison for an armed robbery where he held up a gun, a pistol, to the stomach of a pregnant woman in the suburbs of North Houston. How do I know that? I interviewed the lawyer, the state attorney who represented the case. And he served five years, and then he left Texas, moved to Minneapolis to start new, and for some reason got his hands on some counterfeit 20s, started passing them around town. That's what got him into trouble. But all of that was washed away because of the element of social media. All of it. It's just washed away. All of that bad news was pushed aside because of social media. And that's the danger we have today. You know, Ursula van der Leyden last week or a couple weeks ago, when she made her statement about how misinformation and disinformation are the two greatest threats to her version of democracy. And she's partly right. But what that is, is that's a cattle call uh, to every government to get into the disinformation and misinformation business so that they, too, can manipulate their populations. They, too, can put out misinformation and guide you away from the truth and, and give you their narrative that they want you to have. As long as there's battle in the streets, as long as there's racism, you've got the people divided and not working together and not paying attention to what their government is doing. But I think there's enough African Americans and people from... <coughs> Spanish countries that have come here legally, people from Europe, Middle East, even Africa that have come here, uh, the ones that drive the taxis, the ones that work hard, the ones that are just trying to get their families, uh, you know, so that they could have a chance at opportunity in this country. I think that they know what Biden is up to. I think that they know that they're being manipulated. They're being lied to every single day. And they know it because they see it in the streets. They see it in the subways. They see the lawlessness. They see all of that. Uh, and, and that Coleman Hughes, maybe we can listen to that again because it, it's a pretty important statement. And it says a lot about where we are in this country. Because if our country is using social media to influence our judgment, that essentially means that our country is in the business of telling lies. And he's right. Coleman's right. The rise of racism started when we started seeing the pictures. We started seeing the hands up, don't shoot. We started hearing the president talking about how racism is in our DNA, that how black people are dangerous. And you hear it every night on MSNBC with Joy Reid, the readout. She's constantly saying, reaffirming that white people are dangerous to black people. The white people are, are, the, are the oppressors. Sadly, the state of affairs in our country. The majority of Americans, black, white, and Hispanic, believed race relations were good as late as 2013. And that's the year everything takes a nosedive, so that by 2021, half as many people thought we were in a good place as thought that in 2013. So the question is, is what happened? Did racism suddenly spike? Well, no, the, the data is pretty clear on that. Racism didn't spike. What happened is that we all got smartphones and social media and started seeing unrepresentative video clips of <laughs> cops uh, you know, harassing or beating or killing black Americans. And this gave people the misperception that racism was suddenly this widespread problem. And it touched off all of these trends that we've now 
heard about for the past eight years under various names, wokeness, CRT, DEI. It's all, it's all fundamentally from that core change in how information has been shared. And it's also very interesting because the only solution it seems to be that we, ever, we need to all throw away our smartphones and we need to stop going to our social media. And that is not going to happen, I'm afraid. But all is not lost because there's a movement. There's a real movement starting to take shape because like that exposed nerve, the people, the people who work hard and make everything happen in this country are really starting to see that the government that they have is not working on their behalf. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. Words of wisdom from the puppet master himself. The game is won. And remember the off-sided quote that we have on this program, oftentimes confusion is the goal. Until next time, see you again here. Jim Watkins speaking out.